It's now 6.01 p.m. We will now call to order our Capital Improvements Advisory Committee meeting for Monday, February 19th, 2024. First order of business is the minutes, approval of the August 21st, 2023 Capital Improvements Advisory Committee meeting minutes. I will give you an opportunity for the commissioners to be able to review those and then we'll call for a motion for approval. Motion to approve by Vice Chairman Axon. Second. Second by We have a second. Second. Commissioner Shaw by Commissioner Shaw. Uh, questions? None, please cast your votes. Motion carries 5-0 with two absences. Next order of business is citizen comments. Citizens wishing to address the commission on non-public hearing agenda items and items not on the agenda may do so at this time. Once the business portion of the meeting begins, only comments related to public hearings will be heard. All comments are limited to five minutes. In order to be recognized during the citizen comments or during a public hearing, Applicants included, please complete an appearance card located at the entry of the chambers and present it to the planning secretary. Secretary, do you have any cards for this? Yeah, okay, thank you. We have no citizen comments cards. We'll move to agenda item four, 24-58071, review and approval of the semi-annual reports for the period between July the 1st, 2023 and December the 31st, 2023 on the implementation of the capital improvements plan for water, wastewater, and roadway impact fees, and the collection of such fees. Mr. Raymond. Tonight, the, the semi-annual impact fee reports uh, from July 1st, 2023 to December 31, 2023. Uh, you all have hopefully an updated report. I apologize, but the report got put together with an old a copy of a few pages. So did everyone receive an updated report today? Okay, good. Might have been a little confusing otherwise. So I'll begin uh, with our water and wastewater impact fee collections. So this was our, uh, this is our impact fee amounts that were adopted August 12, 2019. We do have a new study in progress. Uh, these studies take a while, so it uh, hopefully will be planned to uh, maybe be done sometime near the end of this year, but it will, it will take a while. Uh, the projects that we have uh, active right now, uh, quite a few under design. Um, the uh, project number one, you see the 16-inch water line crossing Walnut Creek, that is from Maine uh, up Main down to Broad Street uh, by the Main Street Lofts. That's under design, um, acquiring easements for that right now. Uh, project number four, the 16-inch water line along FM 917. Uh, that's in the lower right corner here, and that is the 16-inch uh, uh, water line as part of a larger project that is getting very close to bid. We're 
uh, wrapping up the easements on that right now. And the 16-inch water line along Tollway 360, that's project number seven, and that is part of the uh, Harvest Point uh, project around the uh, stadium and development at uh, Lone Star and 360. And I'll jump down to the project 16 that's also part of that 16-inch water line along Lone Star, that in the blue you see, that's also being constructed with that project. <clears throat> and those are in design but moving quickly to meet the schedule of that uh, project, uh, the stadium and the development surrounding it. And then project number 10 is actually a 12-inch water line along US 287. It's in the top right you see there, and we're doing the southern portion of that. It's actually the water utility department that's undertaking that section of 12-inch to get connected at the railroad. So they will be starting that uh, very soon, and that will be an in-house project. And then last, project number 28 is the expansion of the Bird, uh, excuse me, Bud Irvin water treatment plant uh, that will be underway soon. The wastewater projects that we have under design, uh, these are large projects. The uh, part of the projects number five and number nine, uh, the sewer line on the west side along Walnut Creek uh, that will provide uh, capacity out there to all of those subdivisions. Uh, right now, that's a small diameter line. Project number six that you see at the bottom of the screen, uh, that's a large 18-inch line that will uh, run down the tributary uh, to Mountain Creek uh, to eliminate the best made lift station and connect down there to the south and go to the uh, TRA metering station. Then project number 13 is again part of the Harvest Point development. Uh, you see over to the mid right, uh, we're building a portion of that to the east uh, that will bring uh, sewer from Holland that's under construction right now uh, to the west, and we will bring that uh, west to the proposed data center and get that land tied in, and then everything else will actually, uh, the plans changed and it will sewer back up uh, Heritage Parkway, but that will stop right there, probably right around where you see the number 13. And then at this point, we're complete with the Holland Road water line that you see in orange up there. Uh, right above that that will provide the capacity for this uh, project number 13. So this is the collection of the impact fees that we've had in the last six months. Uh, everything has stayed very consistent. Um, uh, the water went down slightly and the sewer went up just ever so slightly. Uh, they're the 1,189,200 and 535,500. And before I get off of that, I'll just say I'll, I'll talk about the summary a little bit later, but we've been short-staffed lately, so I have a general idea of these numbers, but I didn't do the kind of deeper analysis that I typically do. So if we have specific questions, I'll, I'll make sure and, and be able to answer those questions later. Uh, but that's the utility portion, and if no one has any questions, I'll move on to the roadway. So this is our current thoroughfare plan uh, that we adopted about a year ago, and then we updated 
finally updated the roadway impact fees on June the 12th of last year. And so this represents, uh, represents those proposed roadway cross sections. So the projects we have under design right now, um, the North Main 157 connector up in the top left corner that connects Main uh, to 157. We have West Broad Street out at Lillian and Redder Road where we're proposing the roundabout uh, that will, uh, that's at about a 30% design and moving forward. Uh, the Gertie Barrett Road reconstruction project uh, that is, has been bid and is about to uh, start construction. And that's from where it ends in concrete right now to the uh, north to Simpson Lane and a little bit uh, north of there to Wildwood Court. Uh, Cardinal Road Turn Lane, um, that is just south of the Gertie, Road Barrett, Gertie Barrett Road project. That is there at 1187. It's a right turn lane onto uh, 1187, a free right, and we're going to need to modify that, that signal, and we're working with TxDOT on that project. Um, project that we have begun design on is the East Broad Street from the fire station uh, to 360. Uh, we are still finalizing the cross-section of that with uh, the Transportation Subcommittee and Council. Uh, but right now we have some concept designs uh, for that and we're working through getting a final, we're coming to that crossroads with the concept design. Uh, so we'll need to decide that lane configuration there as you're west of 360. And then Lone Star Road uh, from 360 to Heritage, again, part of the Harvest Point project and that will, re oh, excuse me. That will reconstruct uh, Lone Star Road from 360 over to Heritage Parkway. And this will uh, include a roundabout at that point with Heritage Parkway, um, where that connects um, southeast of the Harvest Point project on the north side of, uh, of the creek there. And the projects we have under construction right now are Holland Road. Uh, we are just about complete with that. The signal at the intersection uh, needs to be complete, and we'll work through the lighting of that uh, section. And then Daymeyer Road is uh, well underway, and they've been uh, getting the storm drain finished and, and beginning some pavement sections out there. Uh, the schedule on that seems to be moving quite quickly, and right now they're on schedule probably to finish at the very end of the year or the very early part of this next year. So that's that's been moving forward very well. So the fees here, uh, just like the utilities, uh, the, the, the uh, zones changed significantly, but the total um, ultimately was just about the same. Uh, you can see there A went down just a, a little, uh, B was significantly lower, and as usual we have some more uh, commercial developments that happen and when in B because that's about all that's left. And so some six-month periods we have a few projects that bring in uh, quite a few dollars and some uh, periods like this uh, they're much lower. Uh, C is just a little higher, the southwest quadrant, and then D uh, 
is higher and, and there's some commercial activity in D that uh, brings in those more uh, significant uh, dollars as well as residential permits being up somewhat. So again, just increasing around uh, 12, 13 million dollars overall. So I was able to uh, get the number of building permits as usual. So like I said, uh, they have gone up. I think that last number was 297. Uh, so you see for this six month period, it's about 44 more permits. So uh, not, not too significantly, but as we know before, we had the large drop. So, so far that uh, uh, is stair stepping up. Like I said, impact fees vary kind of not necessarily proportional to permits. So the number of permits at least seem to be on that kind of steady rise for right now. And then looking at the overall uh, in the past, like I said, the impact fees have stayed very steady. So knowing that the residential permits uh, are keeping steady, I will have to see next time whether that, that continues that climb with the, uh, with the relative to the commercial uh, how that works out. Uh, but you see there overall the, the top number is the total utility, those added together, and that dropped just a little bit and roadway went up slightly. And so um, again, not much change um, from the past and given that large decline. So with that, I'll be happy to back up to any slides or any projects and, and be happy to answer your questions. Thank you, sir. Do we have questions for uh, Mr. Raymond? Commissioner Thompson, none? Okay, none here. Raymond, just, just trying to get a little insight if you have it in regards to some of the timeline on some of these roadway projects. Mm -hmm. So um, at our last meeting, we had several residents here who were concerned about Lillian and Retta and they voiced the concern about what's happening there. And of course, we explained to them about the roundabout that's coming. But okay. um, everybody wants to know a timeline. So I think you said we're about 35% on design, somewhere in that area now. Yes. Yeah, we're, so, we're um, yeah, we have the, I forget if we just received it, but uh, unfortunately the same engineer, and because they do a great job with roundabouts, that is the engineer that we chose to design Lone Star uh -huh. for our Harvest Point project. Uh, but because of that, we're asking a lot of that group to do both of those projects at the same time. Okay. So we're pushing them and it'll, in the end, it will be good because they are the roundabout, I won't say roundabout experts, but they certainly have lots of experience. But at the same time, we have to continue to do those checks and make sure that, hey, this, this project was contracted first and we have to, we have to keep, you know, keep moving on that. So we'll get the 30%. I would have to go back and look at the overall schedule to know how it will progress. But what they've committed to me is that they, they have the staff now, after we make this 30% review, they will try to get right back on schedule and continue and be able to make that 60% submittal around the middle of the year. So it should just, or early, late spring, early summer, just take a few months to get that 60% submittal. So with that, we can actually start right-of-way acquisition while they head towards 90%. So I think we'll be able to move forward with that project the rest of this year. And then depending on how right-of-way acquisition goes, again, I would have to look at the actual 
time to bid it, but yes, we are progressing on that. So would it be fair to say to those residents that we're looking at sometime 2025 uh, before construction yeah, begins? Yeah, probably for construction. I can't see uh, certainly not getting started any sooner than that. It okay. will take the rest of the year to design that. And again, we have our, uh, we now have our project, <clears throat> we have our project dashboards for our projects that we try to keep that updated. So certainly tell them that through our website and the, the, to, to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. And so we can try to keep that updated. So there's a good, there's hopefully a good schedule on there and a good progress schedule and has all of our contact information. So they can, they can feel free to contact us or just keep in touch that way. Okay. All right. I think they'll be glad to hear of some kind of timeline because okay. obviously it's more of a, it's a danger thing down in their eyes right now. It's a little bit hazardous out there. Well, I will, so, I will make sure that we have plenty of information on there for that. Okay, great. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. And then on the Lillian, uh, not Lillian, I'm sorry, but East Broad to 360 from the fire station, mm -hmm. how, how are you uh, timing that one out? Excuse me? How are you timing out the timeline for East Broad to 360? We're close to the 30%, and if we can, I think that will probably be close to the same schedule as okay. West Broad because we're about at the same, same point. Uh, we probably will have to get just some pieces of temporary easements, uh, but the big thing with that is just to get the cross section nailed down so they can, you know, move beyond that. Uh, but it will take that. That's a big project when you're yeah. reconstructing that. So again, I'd have to look at the specific schedule, but I, I can't see that. There's no way it would be done before the end of the year. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yes, go ahead. Just to follow up on that one, Raymond, are we, mm -hmm. is this a, a widening project for that section? Is it a what? Are we widening out to? Well, that, that's, that's, the, that, that's the critical point is because that has always been the plan. And so we're looking at what we, we have looked at the necessity, uh, even though, uh, like the city manager spoke about the other uh, day at the state of the city, we are really focused on strategically improving intersections and not necessarily just widening, you know, widening lanes just just to provide uh, j just because that's what's on the thoroughfare plan. At the same time, at that specific location, there's so many intersections so close together. You, it, we've really shown with our traffic modeling that to really get the throughput that we believe is really needs to be there without having a really poor level of service in the distant future as, as, as growth happens, mm -hmm. uh, that has been what we recommended. Uh, but there has been discussion about possibly trying to just improve, you know, the turn lanes at the intersections and leave the four lane, basically the four lane section. And we've demonstrated that that, you know, that it's going to have a much lower throughput, which even our, our kind of point is, even if you find that acceptable today, we do have a concern that if we go out, the, the, the task we're always, the, the problem we're always, or the issue we're always tasked with is, we build projects, the intention is for those projects to be there for 20 and 30 years. So if we think we may need those extra lanes in five to 10 years, but the pavement's bad now. So we're going out there and make re reconstructing the pavement regardless. It is, 
it is very inefficient and no one wants us to go out there and reconstruct four lanes only to have to come back in seven or eight years and reconstruct a, an additional lane or add an additional lane. It's, it's inefficient and we cost a lot more. We want to make that decision now. And that's what's kind of led to is it, you know, should we do that now or can we wait and see how that works? And that on this particular project is combined with just the notion is that level of service acceptable that's out there today or is it unacceptable and to some that's that, that that's there's no facts to that that right. that is a that's an acceptance of congestion and and the level of that congestion and that's just a, a decision that still has to be made all right appreciate it i would say I would agree with your statements. If it makes sense, now's the time to do something like that, especially on a road as big as Broad. Right. Yeah. It's hard to. It, it's hard to, even if we have you know different, you know, just like planning. If we have different principles that we would like to move forward with, it's one thing. But it's really hard when you're reconstructing to retroactively, you know, use that framework. Just like you can't go back and redevelop every piece of land in Mansfield or it's, it's again, inefficient. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone else? So Mr. Raymond, the only thing I would add before we ask for a motion is that um, we really appreciate the work that you and your team do. You guys do a great job and you got your hands full with all, everybody thinks their road needs to be next in line to get taken care of. So I appreciate how you handle that in your department. Um, with the three roads that you're looking at, the primary ones of East Broad, Lone Star, and Lillian, um, I just do know that the residents are very concerned about Lillian and Retta and the impact that is happening there. So um, if there's any way to get this project going in construction as quick as possible because we don't want to see anyone get hurt, some of the stories we heard, heard in our last planning and zoning meeting were pretty concerning about the traffic out there. So. Anything you guys can do to try to you know, move on that as quick as possible, we would certainly appreciate it. I'm sure the residents would as well. Sure. I, I'm sorry. You said Broad and uh, Retta and, East and that. East Broad 360, Lone Star is the other one, and then Retta and Lillian. Okay. Are you talking about a particular section of Lone Star, or you're talking? No, what you just talked about earlier about the 360 to Lone Star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you that one's moving forward. That was that was that wasn't the major concern. Lillian and Retta. I know. Was the major concern. That's yeah. why I asked. Because that's <laughs> okay. Not, yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate hearing it. So much. it. Thank you. Okay. I'd like to call for a motion to accept the recommendations in the report. I make a motion to approve. The reports for, for all capital improvements for waterways, water, and roadways. have a motion by Vice Chairman Axon. Second. Second by Chairman Bennett. Okay. There are no questions. If you would, please cast your votes. That motion carries 5-0 with two absences. Thank you so much. This concludes the portion of our capital improvements uh, committee. I would like to call for a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn by Commissioner Shaw. Second. Second by Commissioner Thompson. Please cast your votes. Motion carries 5-0. We will adjourn at 6.24 p.m. We will now call to order our 
February 19th, 2024, Planning and Zoning Commission regular meeting at 6.24 p.m. First order of business is our invocation, and we'll be led this evening by Commissioner Bennett. If you all would, please stand with us. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the time, energy, and resources to be here. Um, I ask that you will guide our thoughts and decisions as we work to make decisions for this city. We thank you again for all the blessings you've given us. Amen. Amen. Pledge to America flag. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to thee, Texas, one state, under God, one and indivisible. Thank you all so much. First agenda item is approval of our last minutes. Approval of the February 5th, 2024 Planning and Zoning Commission meetings. I would ask you to take a moment, commissioners, to review those, and then we will solicit a motion. I move to approve the minutes from the February 5th meeting. I have a motion to approve by Commissioner Shaw. Second. Second by Commissioner Bennett. If there's no questions, please cast your votes. That motion carries 5-0 with two absent. Next item on the agenda is citizen comments. Citizens wishing to address the commission on non-public hearing agenda items and items not on the agenda may do so at this time. Once the business portion of the meeting begins, only comments related to public hearings will be heard. All comments are limited to five minutes. In order to be recognized during the citizen comments or during a public hearing, applicants included, please complete an appearance card located at the entry to the chambers and present it to the planning secretary. Madam Secretary, do we have any cards for the citizen comments? We have no cards for citizen comments. We will move to our first public hearing. That is item, agenda item 24-5847. Public hearing on a change of zoning from PD Plan Development District for single family to PD Plan Development District for detached and attached single family residential row house uses on approximately 11.621 acres out of the T. Hanks survey. Abstract number 644 and the M. Dickey survey abstract number 1986, Tarrant County, Texas, located at 801 Lillian Road and 1340 West Broad Street, Joseph Dam Real Estate, developer, zoning case number 23-016. Mr. Rodriguez. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, Artie Wheaton Rodriguez, um, Planning and Development Services here at the City of Mansfield. Uh, I'm going to go real quick because uh, staff is going to, uh, as our staff report says, recommend that this case be tabled. Uh, but just for a, a sort of where are we now uh, standpoint, uh, this is the project site. Uh, the project's located just south of West Broad along Retta. Uh, you can see there that it also shares a boundary with Lillian Road. Um, here's a look at the current zoning that we went over last time that we met. Uh, the zoning is a current PD. That PD has a base standard 
of uh, SF75. Um, the request here is to go to a, a, another PD, which would allow for uh, row houses, which are single-family attached units, as well as single-family detached units that created a transition. Uh, we met on February 5th to go over this case the first time. Uh, as stated, staff is going to recommend that this, ta this case be tabled indefinitely. Um, that is so that there can be some remaining time to work out some of the details that we didn't think we were going to get to the commission in its full um, extent today. Uh, so with that, uh, we did look at things such as elevations, uh, transitions, and compatibility of the overall uh, architectural style, materials, uh, and architectural diversity. Um, as stated before, this project is located within um, the Western Promise, which is a, a special area plan uh, within the 2040 or Mansfield 2040 uh, plan. Um, and as stated, the Department of Planning and Development Services does recommend that the Planning and Zoning Commission take. All right, give me one second. Commission table consideration and action on this request indefinitely. The applicant is here. Um, we do have to open this up as a public hearing as it was published as a public hearing. Uh, the applicant's here. They do have a few words that they'd like to say as well. Uh, so I'll uh, wait for any questions that I may have. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Rodriguez. I do have a couple of cards here, and I believe uh, one is the applicant. Uh, actually, two. So... Um, <laughs> I'm going to butcher your name real bad. <laughs> okay, come on up, sir. I do have your card in front of me. Okay, and your name, sir? Okay, I have your card as well. So if you would, please state your name and your address for the record. Okay, Razak Kutei, address is 7300 Grindstone Court. <clears throat> I think... Perfect. 7300 Grindstone Court, Arlington, Texas, 76002. Uh, Federico Canoda, 390 East Elkin Wall Apartment 134, Dallas, Texas, 75203. Okay. Uh, you want to start? You go. <laughs> I'll the reason why we wanted to approach it this time is because we really took in consideration all the comments that we received in our last meeting from the citizens and from uh, the commission, and we realized that the main concern was with the architectural style uh, of the develop development itself. I think that uh, in regards to the site plan is something that we would like to get into, but we're, we kind of came back to the drawing board. We realized that not many people were happy with the design, so we wanted to start over and kind of see what we can approach, get an architectural style that matches the environment a little bit better that, uh, than we did in the past. Uh, we brought the site plan consideration because we are taking uh, one of the requests from the city to make the resi single family residential lots 60 feet wide rather than 50 feet wide, which was previously what we had. And that's going to cause uh, one lot from the left side to go away and one lot of the right side to go away as well. So we're going to end up with three lots on one side and uh, seven on the other one. This is going to allow us to have a larger facade. One of the 
issues that we had before with the driveway coming into the main entrance was that the space wasn't enough to kind of fit that driveway on the opposite side. So having those additional 10 feet is gonna kind of help us a little bit managing the entrance and give a little more emphasis into, into the, the entrance itself and then being able to put the driveway on the side and away from the main entrance uh, overall. We also, um, on the townhome design, we are trying to go away with the whole rooftop patios and come out with like a little more of a traditional uh, rooftop design. And for that matter, we are trying to incorporate a little bit of like, whether it's a patio space or a balcony space that is gonna be accommodated on the second or third floor. So we are gonna be making the building just five feet larger, which is gonna cause some of the alley rows to shift five feet. Uh, but we do believe that we have the space on both sides uh, of the, the site plan, but we haven't gotten as far as to actually finish up the site plan. This is just kind of what we came up in concept and what we'd like to move forward and wanted to present it, just to kind of get some ideas from everybody. On the townhome, on the single family residential, so what we had was the driveway coming in straight into the facade and then the, the garage itself was popped out to the front. Uh, and so that pushed the whole house a little bit farther also to the back. On a new concept that we're working on, we are trying now to use the entrance and the portion that it comes on the entrance to be landscape. And then we can actually put the garage a little bit farther into the house so it doesn't pop out as much, which actually also makes the house farther away from the residences that are on the back side of it. So we end up with a larger backyard uh, and then we'll have a more, a better look at the house from, from the entrance part of it, rather than looking at a garage, and then we're trying to mimic this concept on the rest of the design, so we're gonna come up with multiple part, uh, designs for the single family residential, but this is kinda where we're at right now. We had a previous one, we're trying to work something different moving forward. So the, the architectural design intent, this is, uh, this is somebody's house. <laughs> we took it from Google. This is directly from the neighborhood that is adjacent to our development on the south side of it. We want to mimic some of these like architectural style, with, not only with the roof, but the use of brick and stone, the dark trims. And the reason why we put these two pictures in here is because this is kinda very similar to what we're trying to accomplish. You'll see the main entrance on one side, you have a a walkway coming to it, you see greenery at both sides of it, the garage can be kind of articulated so it doesn't seem like just a plain garage. And then as you move to the other side, then you see the garage door, then you see the entrance and the driveway coming in. And these lots are 90 feet wide, so they do have a little bit more additional space, but we're thinking that without that third garage, basically that's about the space that we're gonna end up with in the single family residential for our our project, but this, we're trying to get closer to, to this concept of entry, driveway on the opposite side, rather than them being together. On the uh, row house design, we are trying to incorporate some of the same trims. We only work on elevation concepts and trying to bring the more traditional rooftops, uh, incorporate again, just small kind of differences between the front and the back, bring in some awnings, keep the same like, dark trims that we see on the, the neighborhood on the south side of it and we will eventually implement on the single family residential uh, and accent just the entrances and trying to keep it in a more traditional uh, look rather than the motor style that we were going with. And we only worked a few of these. There are some modern articulations to it that uh, on top of that pop-out that you can see, 
there is a patio there that we're trying to maybe make up for the lack of yard space between these uh, row houses. And we, we hope that, you know, we can make up some of that balcony space or patio space without having to actually go into a fourth, like, rooftop patio completely and then bring some more traditional uh, architectural features to it. Uh, other than that, that's as far as we got into the design. We are wanting to move forward with the project and like the city said, we would like to see if maybe we can put a little bit of pause on the project, give us time to really redefine the floor plans, the elevations for all the designs, the single family redesign slightly the site plan itself and then come back hopefully by March 18 with uh, a lot, you know, a lot more of these if this is the direction, if we're heading towards a better direction that we were in the past. So that's our request. I think he covered it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yes. Thank you, gentlemen. Any questions for our applicant? Okay, thank you so much. I just would like to say that I know the city or the council had a few comments from last time. I hope we are moving in the right direction. And my name is Razak Kutei. Me and my brothers own this lot. And I was literally out of the country and came back for this meeting because I'm truly dedicated to this project and I really want to see it move forward. So if y'all need anything, y'all have my contact. Fantastic. Yes. And, and I'd like to say to both of you that uh, we know that you have been working on this for quite some time. So we do appreciate you uh, agreeing to work closer with our staff and get closer to what the staff is looking for and what the city is looking for on this project. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We'll now open up our public hearing at 6.33 p.m. And we do have one card uh, for comments, and that would be Kevin Wilchell. Yes, sir. If you would, please come up, state your name, your address. Good evening. evening. Kevin Welchel, 913 Hondo Lane. I was up here last time. Um, it's all about safety. Um, I don't know these gentlemen. Um, I know my neighbor over here, they're concerned. They live on Lillian. That road's not very wide in front of where they're building their house right now. I can barely get my truck and another truck down that road, so I don't know if there's, that road's gonna be widened or not there. But the people come out of D.R. Hortons onto Lillian. There's some houses more to the west, another 60 homes that are being built and are halfway there. Come out onto Lillian, all those have to come out, onto, or either come out on Broad. The roundabout is probably gonna be I can't tell how far away it's gonna be, but from Lillian, it's, it's gonna be very close. So are you gonna have Lillian come out and you're gonna have that roundabout? And those are probably only about 50 yards from each other. So you're gonna have traffic coming out on Lillian. You got Retta and on both directions. Um, north on Retta is a new, new builds there. I asked you if you knew how many homes were going there. None of you, she's kinda either Refused to answer or didn't know. But there's going to be about 200 homes going there. And the completion is supposed to be 2025 also. So if you got those homes being built, where are those people going to come out onto broad? And where are those kids going to go to school? Are they going to be on the new school where Reddit goes down? It's going to be put through um, near Taylor Sheridan's um, movie lot. So you're going to have... Amazon coming down that Retta. You're going to have school buses coming down that Retta. DR Horton is on each side of Retta. You have 
two streets, Whispering Hills and Silver Oaks that cross Retta. You have kids that are getting on buses. The buses come through there probably between picking up kids and dropping them off six to eight times a day. So if you're gonna widen Retta, you, there's gotta be something done with those streets there because these kids can't get off a bus and, and try to get across the four lane road there. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just gonna be a mess there unless, I don't know what kind of an impact study they did there. I went out there for a half hour from 2.15 to 2.45 today and I counted over 100 cars between Lillian, Retta, and Broad coming up and down that street. Now it's a holiday, it's not even the busy time of the day. Eight to 10 in the morning, you're gonna have probably eight times that many cars stacked up coming through there. If you get around um, after school from about 2.45 to about five o'clock, it's another mess coming. Everybody's trying to get out of Mansfield, they're heading out um, west on Broad there. So like I, I explained, my, my whole thing is the safety of people, the safety of what's going on there. And I don't know how a roundabout, you're gonna have people stacked up coming each way on Retta, you're gonna have people stacked up on Broad. There's, it, it's not gonna flow smoothly. Um, semis, semis do come through there and I don't know how they're gonna get through that roundabout. I mean, there's, there's a lot of semis that are coming through there. They're coming off of Retta, coming the back way off of 1187. They're coming through, and then they're coming down because they can't go through Mansfield. So all the semis are, um, and 6th Street, they're going out 6th Street. Um, So my, my main question, was there actually an impact study done on this roundabout? Was, did anybody sit out there, and I know that, um, and I don't know if uh, Texas does that, but they put out a counter to see how many cars are actually moving through there. And if I could sit there for a half hour and count over 100 cars coming off those streets and up broad, and that's not even, it's a holiday, and it's not even the busy time of the day, you're gonna have a hell of a lot more vehicles coming through there. And there's a lot of accidents there. A lot of accidents, more than the city will show, because a lot of people, like me, it was a slight accident, but the guy was coming 65 miles an hour on, on Broad Street. And I barely made it um, almost onto Retta before he hit me. So it is dangerous there. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> I believe we have no additional cards at this time, so we will close the public hearing at 6.43 p.m. And we'll open it up to commissioner questions and comments. I guess I'll ask a question. Um, I believe the applicant stated that they would like to come back in March. And I believe the staff requested indefinite. So. I think March is always a target. Uh, I think we have plenty of time to advertise for a March hearing if they do uh, if they are able to get us their application materials uh, in time for that hearing. I think by uh, not pushing it just till the next meeting, but also allowing for additional time if needed, uh, staff will take the time to go and do all of the advertisements that are necessary or that are required to, to be done. Um, I would ask 
I know that there were some um, citizens that spoke last time and citizens that spoke tonight. If their email address wasn't included on their card, what I did tonight is I emailed everybody to let them know what I felt the status was going to be from a staff recommendation standpoint. I can do that in the future. There were some questions last time about making sure that we were notifying outside of our uh, normal 200-foot uh, radius. Um, so if, if any of the uh, individuals in the audience that didn't speak tonight or any of the individuals that did speak tonight would like to be on that list, uh, I can make sure to notify them. Uh, your specific question, though, was about whether March 18th was going to be the date. Um, it may be. I would just like the flexibility of making sure that we have a, additional dates rather than coming to the commission, telling the commission that we're going to meet on the 18th and then needing another week or two uh, to, to continue working. And so uh, our next hearings are, are March 18th, followed by April 1st. So those are pretty close together. Um, I think we can hit either one of those. It's just really dependent on when we get the information. I just want to make sure there's enough time for us to advertise that. Okay. Thank you, sir. So just as a note to the commissioners, as you make your motion, if you make a motion to table, please include whether it would be an indefinite table or a specific date so that we can have that on the record. Other questions or comments? Just one. I would say, <clears throat> you know, for to adequately address, there's clearly a lot of concerns about traffic in, in this area. So I would just ask that when we do bring it back up, probably a good idea for Raymond or somebody to be here to talk through the some of the things that we talked about during the capital improvements thing about what we're doing, what the city's doing to Retta, Lillian, and Broad Street in that area yeah. um, so that <clears throat> we can maybe address some of those concerns that are coming up about, about I'll, I'll definitely make sure that we capture the comments from last meeting as well as tonight's meeting uh, to make sure that we can address those uh, at whichever hearing we have our next. Thanks, Darty. Thank you. With that, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to make a motion <clears throat> that we table indefinitely agenda item 24-5847. We have a motion on the table to table this item indefinitely by Vice Chairman Axon. We have a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Shaw. Other questions or comments? And for our resident, Mr. Wheelchair, please understand that we are not attempting to try to completely avoid your questions. We are just not allowed to respond to your questions that you ask us as we're on the dais. Thank you, sir. If there are no other questions or comments, please cast your votes. That agenda item passes 5-0 with two absent. Next agenda item, 24-5872, public hearing on a change of zoning from C2 Community Business District to PD plan development for commercial uses and car wash on approximately 3.382 acres in the Henry McGee Survey, abstract number 998, City of Mansfield, Tarrant County, Texas, located at 585 East Debbie Lane. Good evening. Good evening, Mr. Chairman and Commissioners and everybody gathered here. This is the presentation for the change of use from C2 district to plan development for an express car wash and retail center on East Debbie and North Warner Creek. This is the aerial map 
of the site. The site in question is located in the north, northwest corner of the intersection of East Debbie and North Warner Creek. And this is the current zoning of the property. The property is currently zoned as C2 Community Business District with similar C2 zonings around and also residential uses around. Here is a picture of the current situation of the, of the site. And here is another photograph of the site in question. So this is the Mansfield 2040 plan um, for city of Mansfield. So generally, the Mansfield 2040 plan is to serve as a guide for growth and development in the city. The land use designation for this site is mixed use local. And then some of the goals and strategies for this classification is to ensure that masonry, materials, techniques, and decorative finishes are of high quality and also to ensure that balanced and complementary mixed uses are incorporated in every development. So previously, the proposal was only focused on a car wash, but with further conversations with the applicant and the demands of the Mensfold 2040 plan, the applicant decided to include other commercial retail uses to the project. The applicant is now proposing a car wash facility and three retail buildings on the site. The car wash will be located towards the back of the property and the three retail buildings will be located along East Debbie Lane and North Warner Creek. Again, the site will not have direct access to East Debbie Lane and North Warner Creek, but will have to utilize shared access with properties on the north and the west. With that said, if the project is approved, the applicant will have to consult adjacent property owners um, for access if they haven't already. This is the proposed site plan for the project. And here is a visual overview of the site which shows that um, the project is pedestrian friendly and promotes workability throughout the whole development. So as shown in the site plan, the car wash facility will be located towards the north or the back of the property with 29 proposed vacuum stalls. Um, retail buildings one and two will be located along East Debbie Lane, while the retail building three will be located on North Warner Creek. The applicant is also proposing a courtyard which will be located towards the intersection of East Debbie and Warner Creek. And with this project, there's a facing table, and with the facing table, um, the site. Um, there is a facing table provided on the site plan where the car wash facility and the courtyard and building number three will be built in phase one, as shown in the diagrams on the screen. So phase one is colored in green and phase two is colored in, in yellow. And so phase two will include um, retail buildings one and two. 
Here are the elevations provided for this project. So I must say that um, the applicant has worked diligently with planning and development department to ensure that building materials, techniques, and masonry are of high quality to meet the demands of the Mansfield 2040 plan. The building materials mainly used for this project will be a mix of brick, stone, and fiber cement. And the proposed look, um, elevations for the car wash and the three retail buildings will feature tower elements at the end, articulations and canvas awnings for visual interest and will distinguish this project from other developments in the city. Here is the proposed landscape plan for the project. And as seen on the landscape plan, um, the development is shown to be wall landscape based on the landscape plan provided by providing a um, total of 31 canopy trees and ornamental trees in the buffer yards. A 10-foot landscape buffer, buffer has been provided towards the north and south of the property, and a 20-foot landscape buffer also have been provided along North Warner Creek and the, west, um, the western property, the, the west of the property adjacent the residential um, neighborhood. The development also provides a total of 584 shrubs in the interior landscape. Here is a, site, a sign plan for the project. So the, sign, the signs for this project will basically comply with section 155.090 of the zoning ordinance. The development is intended to have two monument signs one located on East Debbie Lane and one on North Warner Creek. Each sign will be approximately eight feet tall with a sign area of 49 square feet. The car wash building will have, the car wash building will have one wall sign and each tenant in the proposed three retail buildings will be entitled to one wall sign each. So in conclusion, we are saying that, in conclusion, we are saying that the change of um, use from commercial um, C2 to the PD reflects an intensified concept of site design and elevated architecture. The retail buildings as proposed will create an attractive landscape along East Debbie Lane and North Walnut Creek. By creating an attractive streetscape the retail buildings unintentionally creates a portion of land with very limited opportunities for commercial or other residential activities. And finally, a car wash facility could be a potential use and presence of the proposed retail buildings help visually screen the use from a high profile in intersection in the northeast of Mansfield. So if this project is approved, the Planning and De um, Development Services recommends these conditions that the architectural designs for the building will be exactly as seen in Exhibit C, provided by the applicant and can be seen in the commissioner's packet. And the commercial uses will be neighborhood-oriented uses like jewelry store, apparel stores, and restaurants with no drive-throughs, as approved in the PD for the Parkside community located across the street. And lastly, 
at least one building and the courtyard will be built the same time as the car wash as seen in the phase table on the site plan provided by the applicant. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Mr. Chairman, if I may, the applicant is also here for a presentation. So okay. if he's done, we'll be here for questions. Thank you. Thank you very much. I believe I have three cards for the applicant. Uh, are all three of you speakers? Okay, I have, uh, is it Mr. Glasscott? You can come in in order you choose. I have Glasscott, Sp Nick Spallon, okay, and uh, Alan Jacob. That is me. So if you all would give your name and your address for the record. Sure. We would appreciate it, thank you. Sure, my name is Alan Jacob. I am with Car Wash Pro Designers. My address is 6400 North Northwest Highway, Chicago, Illinois. May I? Yes, Thank proceed. you. So um, I want to briefly go over what I'm gonna talk about so um, you can follow along and then no one else stop talking. Um, I'm gonna talk about who we are, uh, who our client is, um, some of the property details and how it fits within the city of Mansfield, um, some key features and the su supporting documents that we submitted with this project. So initially our client, well who we are, uh, we've been in the car wash business for over 30 years We've not only observed and um, been involved in the evolution of the car wash, but we've taken part in advancing the car wash industry to make it better, more efficient, more environmentally friendly, and more luxurious. Our client is a man who lives in California. He is a super successful businessman. Um, he wants to uproot his family from California and move here. He loves it here, and he's a hands-on person. And if this project gets approved, he will be intimately involved with its operation, whether it be the car wash or the retail space. Um, so what we initially wanted to do here is build a luxury auto spa. And we call it that because of the way it's designed. Um, it has the state-of-the-art um, uh, parts of it, and it is designed to look like a modern bank rather than an industrial car wash that everybody's used to seeing. And we approached the planning team before we'd made any applications and they made certain recommendations and suggestions to us as to how it would fit better within the city of Mansfield. And we took those recommendations and suggestions to the client and he loved them and he wanted to implement every single one and which he did. And this then turned into uh, being a a pitch for a luxury auto spa into a retail center or a, or a neighborhood center. And I'll explain what I mean by that a little later. Um, one of the first things we did was, is we drove up and down uh, W Lane to kind of get, get an idea of what the corridor looks like. And some of the things we noticed is the, we took notice of the height, width, depth of the buildings, the retail centers. Uh, we took note of the landscaping. We took note of the parking lots and access to the street. Um, and we took notes of the facades of the building. We also noticed that um, at 287 and uh, Broad Street, that there are some beautiful pillars on the north side of 287 and on the south side of 287. And also stone and um, brick uh, pillars on the street itself with the fence going alongside there and beautiful landscaping thereon. So with that in mind, we decided to design this retail center to look like those spaces and make it more fit in to the city of Mansfield, uh, specifically the, uh, the corridor along W Lane. 
Some of the features of this retail space, as you saw, uh, are the building facades, which will use stone and brick um, material. Um, our client is highly uh, motivated to meet the strict standards of the city code and the standards as designed in the renderings here. Um, the luxury auto spa itself has certain features that uh, we believe are state of the art. First, uh, it's efficient use of water. Um, what we found in our studies is if you wash your car at your house, you, you use anywhere between 80 to 120 gallons of water. If you use it in a traditional car wash, like a gas station, you're using between 60 to 80 gallons of water. In our luxury auto spa, we use between eight and 15 gallons of water. And the way we do that is we force air into the water, which causes the clean to be more efficient and less use of the water itself. Um, we've also uh, taken the time to design this to make it an express touchless option, which will be the only kind in the state of Texas. There are other car washes that have the touchless option, but not the express. And why that's important is because cars are now being designed with a lot of bells and whistles and, and sensors. And when you take it into one of these washes where there's friction, they may stop, they may uh, give you alarms that something is hitting your car. Um, also, people are using uh, different kinds of coats on their cars, and the first thing they tell people who use these coats is not to put it through a friction wash. And we believe that brings value to the city of Mansfield and the people who live here. Um, we've also taken the time to select soaps that are plant-based. So we are environmentally friendly. We don't use uh, soaps that have chemicals in them that are harmful to the environment. The system is a belt system. It's not a pulley. You don't pull your car into a track and it pulls the wheel. You actually pull the car onto the belt and then the belt drags the car through the car wash. Um, we use state-of-the-art stealth dryers. Unlike the industrial type of car washes that have that very loud um, dryer sound, these are called stealth for a reason because you can barely hear them outside the car wash. Um, we have the tower design, as was mentioned, um, and we, we design the facade to match the other retail spaces along W Lane and in Mansfield. Um, if we get past this, a commission and out to city council and through that our client is motivated again to work with the development services team and to make sure that all codes of the city of Mansfield, the county and the state are, are met um, or surpassed. Um, and one of the things that this commission has to consider is, is this the highest and best use of the property? Well, we believe it is because it brings beauty to um, the corridor the buildings are beautiful, they're well, they're well designed, they look like very modern buildings. Um, it provides a service that uh, we believe is a need here and probably in the state of Texas. And um, because it is in a commercial space, we believe that it will fit in the comprehensive plan of the city of Mansfield. Lastly, I want to talk about what we submitted. We submitted a full traffic impact study and that study shows that there would be no little to no impact to traffic. In fact, because it is now a retail center, it is more able to absorb um, cars onto the property and we have enough stacking there to, to ensure that none of the traffic bleeds onto either Debbie Lane or onto Walnut Creek because of the size of this retail center. Uh, we submitted a sound study that's not required, it was not required by the planning team, but we submitted it anyway to demonstrate that there is no sound 
uh, that escapes or violates any decibel set by the city of Mansfield or by the state of Texas or the county in which it resides. Um, we submitted a stormwater plan. We also believe that meets um, all of the standards. Our client will make every effort to try and build the entire retail space at the same time, and we understand that that could be difficult. However, he will, at the very minimum, uh, build the car wash and retail building number three uh, simultaneously, as was recommended by uh, the planning team. And with that, I will close, and if any of our other teammates want to make any presentations. Okay, I'll turn it over to the commission for questions. Thank you. You two gentlemen not speaking? Yeah, Oh, you can go ahead and come on up if you want to go ahead and come up. That'll be fine. <clears throat> Nick Spallone, Car Wash Pro Designers, 6400 North Northwest Highway, uh, Chicago, Illinois. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I just, I think he hit every he point. He hit it all? You know, one of the things I just really want to emphasize is the fact that, you know, this is going to be a touchless service. Um, the client... When the, the directing, the planning department mentioned, you know, building one building with the car washes is an absolute. That was when he made the decision to uproot his family and bring everybody here and bring the businesses that he has in California here and occupy some of the retail space. So he fully intends, in my opinion, to build all, all of the space at once and not do it in stages. Um, the, the, the touchless element is a, is a huge thing. You're seeing a lot of people buying cars today that go through the dealerships and the dealerships say, you know, would you like a ceramic coating? And they talk you into spending a thousand or two thousand dollars. The very first thing they tell you is do not bring it to a friction wash. We won't guarantee the finish. This will eliminate that. All the newer paints that are getting wraps on them are being painted with a flat colored uh, uh, finish can't go through a touch, a touch or a, 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 a friction wash. This will address that. Um, we have opened a couple of these around the U.S., and we've seen people coming. You know, the, our, our geographical reach is about three miles, typically for a normal wash. This has gone to 20 or 30 miles because of the touchless a aspect. And people that really look for that, that service will make the drive. To them, it's much less in time to go 30 miles out than to go to a hand car wash and sit there for an hour and a half uh, for that to be done. So the client, uh, and, and as Alan mentioned before, the, the, the town has made a lot of suggestions and all of them were very positive. The, the client itself took every suggestion with open arms and implemented it into the plan. There's a lot of outdoor seating area that will be, that'll accommodate people that just may want to come there and read a book. Um, so, you know, we, we feel it's going to be a great improvement to that area. Okay. Thank you both so much. Commissioners, any questions for the applicants before we move on? No, I'll just make a statement. I do understand. I have vehicles with ceramic coatings, so the points that you touched on um, are very true and accurate. So we, she has to wash her vehicle in the driveway, and it's, it's fun. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the very thing, you know, the, the touchless thing is being, you know, when I was growing up, the big thing was get, get it simonized. That was kind of the, got to get your car simonized, you can, you know, go to the dealership, they put a little sticker in your car, and you're good for five years. They actually tell people when they leave the dealership, or even people that have bought a used car or a new car and then go out and get third-party ceramic coatings on them, if you go through friction, it actually voids 
their guarantee that could go up to five years, and they say that the paint won't look like this if you do that. So people are driving from other towns to get to where they need to go that have this service offering. And right now, the commodity really is time. It's not money. If you can get somebody to go 30 miles there and back and be in less time than they could at a hand washer, do it in your own driveway for an hour and a half, they'll make the drive. And now they've got a retail center where they'll be able to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Okay. Will you be offering any other services at the car wash? What, what services? All change, anything? No. Okay. Nothing else besides that. And then what's the normal operating hours for... So, you know, it really depends. We, we gauge it based on, on activity. We have other washes in Texas, and it's, you know, we're really close to that eight to six window. And then on, the, on Sundays, some are adopting the Chick-fil-A. Don't open on Sundays, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but they, they'll close on a Sunday. And if not, they're open from nine to five. Okay. So, you know, very short hours. The window really is this 8 a.m. to 6, 7 p.m. during the week. Let me go back to the question on the uh, other services. So I mentioned all change, but you asked me what services. Is there something else that could potentially be offered? Not in the wash, no. Okay. So they do have membership plans. Okay. So if you wanted to buy a membership plan, that would be a service, but it's just a plan. It doesn't, gotcha. it does, you know, it's just different versions of the wash, but friction or none. Okay. All right. Thank you both so You're much. Welcome. Thank you. We'll call you back up with the further questions. So we'll now open the public hearing at 7.10 p.m. And I do have one additional card, but I want to also, for the record, state that we do have one letter regarding this particular zoning case, and it is from Angela Middleton, and she is in opposition of the project. And we have a card from Mr. Scott Bowman. Chairman Mayor, Vice Chair Axon, Commissioners, appreciate y'all being here tonight. I know what it's like to give back to your community. Executive Director, appreciate you being here. Assistant Director and the rest of the planning crew. This looks like a really nice project. My name is Scott Bowman, <clears throat> and when I'm not in this room, I'm watching these through that camera right up there at my house. 2514, good night trail. Um, I live about 10 or 12 houses away from this uh, project site, which is outside of the notification window. Uh, outside of the notification radius, but I've known about this project for about 26, 28 weeks since the yellow signs went in the yard. Been asking lots of questions and curious when it would come and excited to see you here today. Uh, first want to say that I consider myself a friend, of the fa uh, friend of the city. I like the advancements and I think the future for Mansfield looks great. I am in no way uh, suggesting that uh, we can't turn uh, lots into uh, development. Uh, our city is growing and we need uh, the services and amenities here for our people to enjoy. However, I am opposed to this project. Uh, my reasons are threefold. Uh, first off, traffic. Uh, this is the, the busiest intersection. It's the second busiest intersection in the city according to the MEDC traffic study from 2019. There's not a newer one. Excluding intersections that uh, are with highways. I'll let you sit here and think about what the first one is. Um, I've gone around and interviewed a bunch of the car washes in the neighborhood, in the area. Uh, there are four within a mile and a quarter of this location, and there are seven within two and a quarter miles from this location. 
These car washes bring in between 18,000 and 20,000 cars a month to these locations. So if you consider 30 days in a month open for the 10 hours from eight to six as mentioned, that's 600 to 675 cars a day. Open for 10 hours, 600 cars, I'll let you do the math, about 60 an hour. Um, that sort of uh, additional traffic into that small area is, is not gonna be negligible. I'm concerned with the four schools that are located, six if you count the high school and the private school that are nearby with all the kids that walk through there. Number two, noise. This may be stealth, um, but it's not, that's just one component of this, this entire wash. The overall noise <clears throat> that comes from a car wash is not just the tunnel noise, but it's the vacuum, the automotive noise. It's the radios from the cars that are going through the dryers, the hand dryers. It's the people queued in line that are waiting, that are adjacent to the fence of my neighbors. Now, again, I mentioned I'm, you know, 10 houses away. So this is not NIMBY. This is not my backyard, but it's close enough. <clears throat> so the, the noise, I think, is going to be an issue, even with the stealth uh, mention that they were talking about there. Third, and probably the most important, uh, I don't believe this is the highest and best use for this, this land. Uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunity that can be uh, put on this piece of property that doesn't even require coming to this, uh, to this council to get a zoning change. It's the SUP, right, that we're looking for here. Uh, our future land use plan was adopted in December. I dropped off page 29 at your desk for you. I wanted to highlight that um, for the mixed-use local area uh, category, one of the items here is uh, reduced emphasis on parking and vehicular circulation. It's hard for me to, to justify a specific use that uses the word queuing for automobiles and put that alongside vehicular circulation. Uh, we all know the true north mantra of the city, right? Noteworthy essentials, organizational excellence, remarkable experiences, together as one, and a healthy economy. I feel like this project has a different mantra. And follow along with me because I don't have a PowerPoint. It's S, sound. This is noisy and constant. From six to eight, you're going to have the vacuums and the pumps, the aerated water hitting the cars. It's not silent. It is going to be loud and noisy adjacent to the fences of my neighbors. Oh, there's an opportunity lost here. Better development opportunities for the community, and this doesn't fit our future land use guidelines. You, we're underserving our community. Putting this sort of um, amenity, this, this sort of development right here, is really cutting people short. We could do a lot better. T, traffic. Adding businesses that profits on the number of cars that go through is just going to add more and more traffic. The applicant spoke about how cars will drive 30 minutes or 30 miles, I don't remember the word, but a distance to get here. That just sounds like even more traffic that's coming around. And our final point is H. This is a heavy impact on our surroundings. It is a committed building. If we have retail space that changes out uh, tenants, we can do that. Who is gonna come in and fill in a car wash other than another car wash? So if you're following along, that was S-O-U-T-H, South. I don't feel like this is a project that's going in the same direction that the city of Mansfield is, and I recommend denial. Thank you, sir. I believe we don't have any additional cards. It's now 7.16 p.m. We will close the public hearing, and we will open it up to commissioner questions and comments.
So I had a quick question for staff. You mentioned that there was no access for the applicant on Walnut Creek or East Abbey Lane. So how are they proposing for this actually to happen? So they are supposed to utilize a shared access from East Debbie Lane from the adjacent properties and then one on the north on North Walnut Creek. So if this is approved, they will have to like consult property owners, adjacent property owners for um, approval to use those shared access. You mind pulling up the site plan, please? Let's see that. There you go, Commissioner Shaw. If I may, Commissioners, um, so you can see there that the uh, access way that goes, um, or that's on the northern side of the property, uh, that goes into the existing cutting edge facility. Uh, so they'll use a shared access easement to get to the site from, from there. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the um, the need for the turn lanes and other types of uh, transitions that happen as you get closer to uh, North Walnut Creek, or sorry, to the Debbie intersection from North Walnut Creek. And then you can see on the adjacent property uh, to the west that there's that second point of access. So I'm, I'm honestly struggling um, with the uh, idea of the walkable city, um, and, and I did look up the future land use plan before this meeting. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious on the city's um, understanding of how this fits with the mixed-use local on um, the best use of this property for, for mixed-use local, uh, which, which does and should promote walkability. Um, we're really kind of, to me it seems opposite by promoting vehicle traffic to a car wash. So not, not just the car wash, but then the courtyard that comes with the project is actually going to ensure that the project is pedestrian friendly and then workable to everybody. So it's not just the car wash, but then the aspect of the, um, the courtyard, which is the passive, passive space or the civic space, will actually ensure that um, the project is workable and then it will go with the Bensford plan for 2040. So um, some of those design features, commissioners, that you can see, uh, the buildings are pushed up to uh, the street side on both uh, Walnut Creek and East Debbie Lane. Uh, that does help create that edge that pedestrians need in order to, to get into the area. You can also see that there's that interior courtyard that draws people through the, the uses where their front doors will actually be uh, from the, the vehicular side of the development. Um, some of the items that are within the, the Mansfield 2040 or the 2040 Mansfield plan uh, talk about making sure that you also create a, a mix of uses when you get within a development. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why staff felt it very important for us to um, 
tie together the car wash with retail building three. Uh, you heard that there's a commitment to try to do all of the buildings at once, but, but we were specific with them to, to make sure that retail building three would come in so there would be those opportunities for a, a, uh, a multiple stop shopping trip, right? It might not even be that somebody visits, visits this area for the car wash. They may be visiting it for any retail shop that's there, any restaurant or other type of use. And so I think those are the types of things that uh, we, we try to look at as we're trying to make sure that there are a mix of uses within a development. Okay. Um, so I guess maybe this is the question for the applicant is, is, um, is the car wash the only way this project happens? Um, because I mean, the, definitely the buildings up front that are facing, they do promote walkability, but it, it just seems kind of like this doesn't happen unless the car wash, so I just wanted to clarify that as well. It, it would, and to answer your prior question, the, the access that's to the uh, left of the site or the off of uh, East Abbey Lane, the, the owner of that parcel also owns this center parcel or the main corner, and he is providing us uh, easement rights to that. So we do have approval for that access point. Uh, but yes, it, he would, I mean, his primary would be the wash, but he, he loved the introduction of, of the retail too and wants to do it all at once. Okay. Uh, look guys, I think you, you know, you've done, done what you can with this site to to, uh, to kind of upgrade what your, I think the original intent was here. Um, I do struggle mildly with the same comments that Commissioner Bennett has. This is a prime corner in an area that we've preached a lot about walkability uh, because of what's going in, what you really have on the four corners of the intersection here. <clears throat> You've got multifamily going up on the corner where the park is and schools. You got schools on one side, you got professional buildings um, anchoring the other corner, the elder care facility that's there. You've got a, you've got a nice mix going here, um, but I, I really struggle with the need for a car wash on this corner. Um, I have to agree with, you know, there's, there's quite a few car washes already in Mansfield. I know you guys have a different, yours is different from, from those traditional car washes, um, and there sounds like there's a need for it, rightfully so. Uh, but when I look at the, when I globally look at this intersection, um, I think about what kind of services would I want if I lived in that multifamily across, across the way. And car washes really isn't in the top five. Um, it would be, you know, some kind of food service, maybe an ethnic market, something in that retail center that you're, tr you're trying to mix with the car wash. Um, that would be, that's, that would attract me to that area. Uh, versus the car wash being a part of it. Um, already made a good point that for the mixed loose local, we're, we're looking for a mix of services. So it does make it uh, difficult because this is mixing services. Uh, I do agree with that. Um, and I do like the upgrades that have been done. I like the courtyard there at the corner um, and some of the other amenities that are being provided on the site plan. But I'm really struggling with, with the car wash part right now, guys. I mean, it, I, I'm not because I'm in the business, um, and and I'm not saying it because of that. And and I hear it all the time, not in my backyard on the wash side. And and there's a misconception, almost a stigma, against car washes. And I can see that with certain washes that do go up, they they don't look like this, they don't do this. And I can see why why another one there's eight other ones in town. But this is really a niche 
use. People will travel for this. You, if you were to ask 10 people today, out of 10 people, would you, if, do you go to, through a friction wash or would you go through a touchless wash? I bet you that the majority of them said if I had a touchless option, that would be the option that I would go. And there's a lot of people that come in from other towns for this. It's really something we've seen really do well. And, and to be able to, to come in from another town and, and go to a retail space without having to come in only for the wash, I think will we'll lend a better uh, complement to those buildings that we're gonna put in and those retail services. As people may come in from another town for that touchless service and be like, oh, hey, listen, they have a hot dog joint that I got. And there's more than just that center courtyard. There's flanking courtyards that are with these other buildings too. So there's lots of you know, kind of outdoor sit, relaxed space that we, that we plugged into these. So I think you know, that it, it will draw and you know, the, the wash is a quick process, but then people will stick around and wanna, wanna touch those retail. This is why the client is willing to build all of them because he feels like it, the wash may be a draw for people that are coming a little bit longer of a distance and stay to do something, kill, kill that two birds with one stone. No, I appreciate your comments. I really do appreciate it. Commissioner Thompson? So the only access point on Walnut Creek is that turn line that they just added, right? Going through cutting edge. So that's the shared access point. Okay. And as the advice of the... Um, uh, uh, the traffic engineers within Mansfield and our traffic engineer, we added turn lanes to accommodate that so that there isn't a, a slow stop on a busy road. So we did implement turn lanes in for this too, east and west traffic. Well, that's a very short part of road from the stoplight at Debbie and Walnut Creek to the turn lane that was just uh, finished to go into cutting edge. I think that the car wash is a great idea. I think that you probably have a really great product, especially with it being a touchless car wash. However, I have to agree with my fellow commissioners, the vision and the path that the city of Mansfield wants to take is something that we don't take lightly and something that we really concentrate on hearing our residents and what they have to say about it. And we've had a couple of residents speak out about it and given some really key points. So my question, I think maybe, uh, one of them had asked, is the car wash the driving force for your client it building is. this? We came in here initially with the wash, and it was a recommendation of the planning department to, to make it fit more with the overall plan. And that's when we really kind of evolved this thing. We, we very rarely take a wash and stick it back in the corner. Right. It's always right up in front. And it was a hard pill for the client to swallow, but we felt like the complementing retail space would give exposure when people pull in to recognize that there's a wash back there and that when they return, they'll know that it's there. So it'll drive them to see it back there. And when we were done with the aesthetics of the space, we felt like you know, enough of those openings there gave enough view back there to see a wash was there, but really you know, the, it, it really led to um, a very, a beautiful overall project. He, he's very excited about 
the retail side, but he came in specifically for the wash. The wash was what we initially submitted. Everything else was added as a recommendation from the town, and sure. he, he added every little aspect. Yeah, well. Personally, I think I, given that location and there's a new housing development going right there and then we had mentioned some of the schools, with the amount of actual homeowners right there and, and kids, I do believe that the residents did bring up a valid point in regards to traffic. And yes, maybe they'll come in and stay for a little bit, but maybe there's some that just come in and want to zip in and out for the car wash. So, I mean, the client th mentioned it could be that very way high numbers that you know if the client does end up with numbers of 16 or 20,000 vehicles a, a month he it, it's not common three to four hundred vehicles a day on average is what these washes do three to four hundred vehicles a day hmm. you mentioned you had some other car washes in Texas, right? Are they in mostly residential areas or mostly in commercial areas? Um, we actually built one right alongside, the one, the touchless one that's in Illinois is built right alongside an entire residential area. So it's us, it's a road, and then a fence with all houses along the back. I don't know if you have access to Google there, but it's Mr. Bubbles in Aurora, Illinois. There's a road between the car wash and the residence? Yes, it's a small road, a two-way, like a 24-foot-wide road between the, our building and the residence. But it's an entire residential community. And it's the actual building itself that we're pitching for this site. If you want to see it outside of a rendering, it's Mr. Bubbles in Aurora, Illinois. Okay. And we have, you know, we hear the not in my backyard, and it's, you know, we would never, and nine times out of the ten, the people that do come to these meetings are our best customers. You know, it, I, there's a lot of people say, why a car wash, why a car wash, why a car wash, and it is, there is a, they wouldn't be going up everywhere if the demand wasn't high. It's really, con it's about convenience, and people want to have them close to their homes, and, you know, this offering of touchless is going to be, it's, it's revolutionary. I just have one more question on the building. Is it reusable? Uh, if yes, the, if, so if you notice. How, how much of this building is built to be developed into another retail location at some point? So if you notice the width of the buildings that are in the plan now, that building has the same or equal width. You could actually, the only thing that, that doesn't, the only thing you'd have to do this building is fill a pit in order for that to turn into retail space. All storefront windows are put in. It looks like a retail building from the outside, and you can divide it like you would the other buildings that are there. It could be turned into a strip mall. Thank you. Commissioner Thompson, will you complete? I believe so, yeah. You have time? No, I'm, I'm good. Okay, all right, good, okay. So, um, Couple of questions for me. So first of all, off of Walnut Creek Drive, the entryway to come in, is that you're coming in off of Walnut, you're going behind the building and coming around front to go through? I, I can't show you what I'm looking at, but if I'm coming in off of Walnut Creek Drive in the rear of the, 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 the project, okay, 
and then I see arrows that are going to the behind the car wash. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh. So if you just hit a cover. So Artie, can you circle? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is that? So is that the route? You come in and you go behind and then you make the circle at the end and go through the car wash? That would be one way that you could do it. So where would the vacuums be if you took that route? The vacuums are here. And all the units themselves are contained within a building or an enclosed structure. So the actual sound piece of the vacuum is inside the building or within an enclosure. If you see this blue circle, uh -huh. what the vacuum uh, condenser that controls this path of vacuums is inside that housing, and then the physical vacuum, uh, the vacuum condenser for the, this row of vacuums is inside the building right here. Everything's inside the building. But there will still be sound emitting from those vacuums even when they're hanging before somebody uses them. If they're, you, they're making some noise. <clears throat> if you pull them, you'll hear a <sighs> but you get 10 feet from that and you don't hear it. You get 20 feet, it's, so what we, when we provided the noise study, they actually took the noise study from a functioning building with the same exact equipment. This isn't, mm -hmm crystal ball study. This was done from the exact same facility. And if you guys do Google that building, you'll see it's exactly the one that's here. The residents are right behind it. And we have zero complaints, zero issues, no calls in. The city loves it. We're putting a second in that town, in fact. But that's the one you stated that there is actually a road between the there, car wash. There is a road, there's a road between, okay, so it's, this building here has more road between the building and the residence, because the actual queuing is on the opposite side of the building, not on the residence side. Um, this, there's more space between this building and the residence than there is the building in, in Aurora and the residence. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to repeat everything what everyone else has said. Um, my concerns are the same as what I've heard, though. It's the traffic. It's the noise. And I think it was um, Mr. Jacob that stated our responsibility is highest and best use of the land. And to have a car wash in the center of the development is something that uh, is just concerning for me. Go ahead, Mr. Alexander. Mr. Chair, Planning and Zoning Commission, good evening. I know that you all are reviewing this case very closely and want to make sure that you're making the best recommendation possible to the city council. There are a few things that I would like to bring to your attention regarding this case for consideration. The Department of Planning and, Recommend, uh, the Department of Planning and Development Services recommendation does remain the same, but here is one consideration. The applicant could have come in and request a specific use permit for this use only, which would not have given the opportunity to construct these other buildings or to maybe reduce the number of allowed uses per the recommendation from the Department of Planning and Development Services to create more neighborhood-oriented activity on this corner. The second thing that I would posit, which is kind of interesting, when I was sitting and listening and kind of looking at this and reflecting on a tour that I kind of went on in Westlake, there is a development that is called Entrada, and it is right off of Highway 
114. And interestingly, and I'm certainly I'm not speaking against anything with respect to walkability or the strides that we're making as a community to make our streets safer for pedestrians and cyclists. But one would think that the actual width of the roadway would get narrower the further you got away from 114. It actually increased in width and you have four lanes in each direction, which kind of blew my mind and actually five if you include the turning lane. And the reason why I bring up that street, which so happens to be Davis Boulevard, is that there is a Starbucks that is located right off of that exit ramp. And it is generally situated in a development that is very similar to this. And then backing up to that development are row houses, some multifamily, and a lot of huge detached single family homes that I could only fathom what it looks like on the inside. But still the way the streets were designed, it did support the opportunity for pedestrians to walk. That is kind of the same thing here a little bit with the difference being that one is closer to an interchange and you've got one that is at one of the more heavily trafficked in intersections in the city. And the final thing that I would bring to you is that with a specific use permit, while we might have been able to get some considerations for elevated aesthetics, the fact that they're doing the plant development district allows a particular use, which is the car wash, to be tied to other uses that again, you would not have had that opportunity under a specific use permit. And finally, with regards to zoning, remember that the neighborhood design standards, they were adopted by city council subject to a recommendation from you as a body and reviewed by city council, a drive-through service could potentially be approved under the neighborhood design standards. So I bring all of that before you this evening just for your consideration as you are thinking about this item. Again, it doesn't change the recommendation that came from the Department of Planning and Development Services, but certainly would like for you to see that within that aspect of what the applicant is proposing and some other development patterns in the North Texas area. Thank you, Ms. Alexander. Sir. And the points that you brought up are certainly ones that are worth uh, mentioning tonight as well, and I, I would concur with you. Um, however, my concern, I love the project itself in regards to the retail that would be in this particular location, but I have concerns, and primarily for our residents that back up to this property. We have heard from numerous of our residents in regards to projects, maybe not a car wash, but any type of motor service being directly behind their residential properties. And so it's not the first time that we've seen a product some, somewhat similar to this come before us, and we've had to make a decision as to is it the right use for the land, and how does it impact the residents that bank along the side of it. So I like the project itself in regards to the retail. I think it does provide an opportunity for those townhome residents who will be moving in across the street to cross over and go in and do shopping. I'm just not a fan of the car wash, and that's, that's, that's how I see it. I believe that's how our residents will see it. And uh, that is the concern that I would raise tonight is just the fact that if the car wash was not there, it would be a great project on that corner. But to have a car wash there and have it back up to the residential homes that are there and provide the additional traffic that would be coming in, which also is going to impede the walkability if you have more cars coming through, uh, it creates some of those challenges. So um, those would be my points on it. Uh, I appreciate the, res the uh, applicant coming in and, and making what I think would be a great project 
minus the car wash. But um, I understand that that is a deal breaker for you and that that is something you certainly want to be the catalyst for this development. That's how you started out the development itself was just with the car wash. And now you have an opportunity to do something even bigger and better. But uh, there is a concern there for me for that particular reason. I'll open up for any other commissioner comments or questions. If there are none further, I believe we are ready to entertain a motion. Yes, I'm just one Okay. Mr. Chairman, <clears throat> not an easy case, um, but um, unfortunately, I'd, I go back to thinking about. <clears throat> the vision that we have for Mansfield and, you know, we, we, we've talked about this corner quite a bit and what's shaping up there. Um, and in my, you know, we, we, I think you guys heard all our concerns tonight about the car wash um, and, and the car wash, unfortunately, is still the focal point of the, of the development. Um, you guys have done a great job trying to improve that with the retail added to the equation. Um, just unfortunately, I think there's, there's something better we can do with this property. So with that, <clears throat> I would like to make a motion to deny the change in zoning for agenda item 24-5872. We have a motion of denial by Vice Chairman Axon. Do we have a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Thompson. Any additional questions or comments from the commissioners? If not, please cast your votes. Motion of denial, Curry is 5-0 with two absent. Next on the agenda is item agenda number eight, summary of city council actions. Thank you, Mr. Chair. The city council met on Monday, February 12th and they had three items that came before them that evening. The first was an ordinance amendment that dealt with updating our regulations for donation boxes. And there was quite a bit that went into that that came before you with a favorable recommendation before it went to city council. And again, it did expand the ability of donation boxes to be considered an accessory use to some principal uses in our higher intensity residential zoning districts, as well as in all of our non-residential zoning districts, save APD plan development district that ultimately was approved with some other distance requirements, color limitations on the boxes, and other aesthetic considerations. The Project Kenny Park, that was also approved by City Council at the first hearing and reading, six to one. There are some elements that we are working with the developers on with that project in preparation for the second hearing and reading. Some of the direction that came from City Council dealt with architecture, dealt with drainage, as well as some um, landscaping and tree preservation considerations. 
And then finally, the detailed site plan for Texas Trust. It did require a detailed site plan approval by city council only. That was approved with modifications to allow for additional signage, as well as an increase in non-masonry material for the canopy structure that goes over the ATM facility to the, we'll call it the Northwest plan for that site. And I'll pause there to answer any questions Planning and Zoning Commission may have on that item. Just one. Sir. The first one. <laughs> I've already seen the boxes started popping up again. Yes, sir. Just thought I'd like to say that real quick. <laughs> Not a big fan. Thank you, Mr. Alexander. Absolutely, Vice Chair. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I second that. We'll move to commission announcements. Commissioner Thompson? Oh, gosh. I, nothing. No, okay. I know. Nothing for her. I'm Vice Chairman Axon? All right, Commissioner Bennett and Commissioner Shaw. Uh, I would just like to say happy National Engineers Week. So thank you, Raymond, for all the work that you do. <laughs> and thank you, sir. Happy <laughs> National Engineer Week. <laughs> okay, uh, staff announcements. A couple, if I may. The first one being that the next meeting date will be Monday, March 18th. We have flip-flopped our schedule with City Council due to the National League of Cities and with spring break. And as part of flip-flopping there a little bit with City Council, we'll have a poll come out to you, commissioners, about the timing for that meeting on the 18th. We do want to hold a workshop with you all of sorts that kind of helps with continuing that education make sure that we're still reviewing and considering cases. Uh, as a community of our stature, of our vision, should. And I don't think right now we have too many items for the 18th, but again, we wanna take that time and make sure that we're still tracking as we need to as a body. And I'll stop there to answer any questions that you may have. I believe there are none. No. no, sir, no meeting on the 4th. It's my birthday. We're not meeting on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told us. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Alexander. There's nothing else for the good of order. Call for a motion to adjourn. Move to adjourn. Commissioner Shaw, second. Second. Second by Vice Chairman Axon. We will now adjourn at 7.47 p.m. Thank you all so very much.